seems like. So it's a pretty important one. And uh, we're going to look at something here. We've been, we've been looking at t- certain uh, characters, individuals in the Bible that God has uh, brought on a journey in their life to get them somewhere. And, uh, you know, the, the, the journey is, is sometimes the biggest part of the destination. However many remember going to camp maybe as a kid or doing some type of activity. And the bus ride was actually almost more fun than camp was, right? Uh, how many have gone on events here when Brother Martin comes in the van and it's like being at camp, right? It's nonstop, right, Brother Martin? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, the the brother Martin in the red, not the brother Martin on the in the gray. So, or the Morley. Yeah, your last name's Morley, not Martin. Anyway, so, <laughs> we're real close up here. And uh, but sometimes the the destination, there, there's more you can learn on the destination. Sometimes you, the more you can learn about people on the trip going somewhere, and you find things out, and you go, wow, we had got taken the kids up to Colorado, and. Uh, to a camp there in Silver State Youth Camp. And uh, on the way home, <laughs> boys are awesome because they're so stupid, right? And so on the way home, we were just left the campsite, heading down the mountain, and uh, all of a sudden, somebody wasn't feeling well. Sherry jumps to the back through the seats with this pillowcase, and uh, blah, there goes somebody just, uh, was that John or one of those? <laughs> he held it across his face. Bleh. Anyway, but but what you learned was the kid next to him, the idiot next to him, goes, "Where'd you get carrots?" <laughs> I'm like, "What?" Because <laughs> he was thinking about what we had for mi- dinner that whole week. It's like we've never had carrots. <laughs> Where'd you get carrots? And so it was the funniest. You learn all sorts of things, right, on on the on the bus rides. And uh, we're going to take a trip to Sinai, and there's a, there's a little bit of a, there's something we're going to learn here as God takes us. We're on a journey, right? We're heading home. Canaan land, listen, the, 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 the promised land is not uh, a typology of heaven. It's a typology of being in the will of God in a victorious Christian life. You know, I know there's all sorts of songs. I won't have to cross Jordan alone and these inferences of going into heaven. And Well, they went to Sinai. When they went to Canaan, they didn't die. That's where they lived, right? It's where the Messiah was born. It's about life. It's about the will of God. It's about purpose. It's, a, it, it's about uh, the victorious Christian life. It's what it's all about. But there was a journey to get there. Remember in Hebrews, in Hebrews it says there, there is therefore now a rest for the people of God. Do you know how many Christians do not live in the rest that's available for them in Jesus Christ? They just never, they, some, of, some people, it's like they never make it. They just never get there. They never get to a place of contentment. They never get to a place of rest. They never get to a place where they're just, you know, okay with the will of God and, and, and just uh, ready to move forward. Uh, they're constantly, constantly moving around and trying to figure it out, right? But it's, here it is, the journey, though, to get there. God teaches us so much on the road there. There's a lot to learn on the road, right? There's a lot to learn. Uh, I just had to go to Florida, right? And uh, airplane trips, and I'm used to it. I, you know, do it all the time. But uh, you can learn a lot on the way there. You can learn a lot about people on the way there. You can, you can learn a lot about how selfish the world is uh, traveling, right? And how self-centered uh, people are. And uh, 
You know, the little four, the two-year-old that goes, mine, right? You find out a lot of them still do it at, at, at 40 and 50 and 60. They're like, mine, you know, everything's mine. And it's kind of amazing. Try getting off a plane, right? I mean, that thing, that little thing goes ding, and it's like, whoo, everybody gets up there grabbing stuff over you and trying to get off the plane, and you're like, whoa. So, yeah, anyway, you learn a lot on the journey, don't you? Uh, how many remember the Corey Tin Boom, the, the, the Tin Boom family? You probably, uh, probably have, have, maybe you've read the book, maybe you've seen the movie about the, the, the Tin Boom family the, the, that, were, uh, that were hiding Jews uh, there in, in uh, Holland in this underground system that they had set up. How many have seen the movie or read the book, The Hiding Place? Yep, excellent, excellent uh, book and uh, they made it into a movie years it's an old movie now and uh, but it's all about uh this the Ten Boom family who was uh, of course uh they were there in Holland it was under Nazi occupation they were getting the Jews out of there and uh <clears throat> this Ten Boom family they were Christians and they were taking in Jews and hiding them in their house they were hiding them upstairs in the attic. They had things built just right, and uh, it was a it was a big thing. Well, eventually somebody gave them up, and somebody found out and told the Nazis about it. And the Nazis came in, of course, and hauled the whole family off. Most of the fam half the family died. And as you remember, um, Corey Ten Boom and her sister. I'm trying to remember her sister's name, but um, what was her name? Anyway, they went to a concentration camp with all the other Jews, right? And there, there they were. Her sister, Corey's sister, didn't do as well as Corey did. She really struggled with bitterness and things like that. And the, and the abuse that they went through is unbelievable and un, unimaginable, right? And uh, but this was a part of a journey that God had for them. Listen to what uh, was written on the wall in, uh, in in the prison where they were. Somebody had written this. I believe in love when the world is full of hate. I believe in the sun when it is not shining. I believe in God when he's silent. You know what they had to learn in that concentration camp? They were not Jews, and here they were with them. And they had to learn how to wait on God. They had to learn to come to a place to say, Yeah, I don't see him here, but he is. And there's a purpose in the journey. Okay, there's a purpose in the journey. Now, if you come to and you think about that, leave that on your mind, you come to the place of Exodus, right? God has met with Moses again. He met him at the burning bush, kind of like a reuniting of sorts, right? And uh, he wants them to go back into Egypt and bring out his family. That's who he is. He's bringing out his family, bringing out God's children. And uh, God meets, to, meet, meets him there. And uh, listen to Exodus chapter 31, verse 8. And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communion with him upon Mount Sinai, uh, the two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. And we see here that God had a purpose in calling Moses out and to bring the children of Israel out of, of, um, out of Egyptian uh, slavery, Right? He was going, he, he, uh, there was a reunion there. God was going to tell him, I want you to bring them out. But the purpose, one of the, one of the purposes that they could not see was they were on their way to Sinai. They were on their way to get the law of God. They're on their way to get the instruction of how they're going to live. 
Uh, listen, they don't really totally realize that. I don't think they fully understand it. But uh, they, are, they are the lineage of the Messiah. Jesus is going to be born out of this family, right? Could you imagine if you realized one day that the Messiah was going to be born from your family and your lineage, right? And uh, be a pretty exciting thing. But uh, it was quite a journey that <clears throat> Moses was brought on. God brought Moses to a great, on a great journey to get the children of Israel out of Egypt and uh, up into the promised land. And as God led him, God led him there. God stopped him in that burning bush and said, I want you to go back. Who, who, who am I going to say sent me? I am that I am. You know, I am sent you. Okay, you know, they're not going to believe me. Don't, I can't speak. Remember all the, <laughs> well, I can't speak. Don't worry. I, I've, I've got your brother Aaron. He'll speak for you. I mean, every excuse there was. And, uh, and it was quite, a, quite an interesting thing. But he gets down into Egypt, obviously, and goes through the ten plagues. And you know, you know how it all goes. They finally get told they can get out of there. They get out of there. They come up to the Red Sea. And here it is, another part of the journey. Watch, watch, watching the judgment of God on Egypt was a part of the journey for Israel. You know, I don't know if I have to spend too much time here, but when you look out at the world and watch the judgment of God on them, boy, it's a, it's a lesson in our own journey to watch. Yeah, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You, you know, the things of God, uh, you, you are not, you're not going to get around them, right? And uh, there are roadblocks and warnings that we can watch all over the place. And Israel got to watch this. It was a part of the journey. It was a part of being assured of who God was. It was a part of being convinced that God had the ability uh, to, to move them and to work in their life. When Moses came along and said, I'm going to take you up into the promised land. I'm going to take you out of here. I'm going to release you, bring you out of bondage. It's like, right. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about the... Uh, the Roman government, right? It's, it'd be like, listen, it'd be like some Chinese man getting out of China, coming to the U.S., and then going back to China and sitting in front of Xi Jinping and saying, I'm taking all the Uyghurs out of there and all of the people out of the prison camps, and I'm, gonna, we're, I'm, I'm taking them with me, and we're, we're going over here. One guy in front of this communist dictator who is the dictator of, a, of, of what? How many is in China? Uh, India's got close to a billion. I don't know how many is in China. Uh, a lot as well. I think it's 1.3 billion. I knew, I knew it. I knew you'd know something about that. 1.3 billion. Okay. Could you? I mean, I mean, to us, it's it's illogical. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen, friend. There's no difference whatsoever, right? Between that and the reality of Moses sitting in front of a Pharaoh. I mean, Israel got to watch this. They got to watch the plagues. They got to participate in the Passover. It was all a part of the journey. They got to watch God lead them out. It says they went out with what? A high hand. I mean, they just went out with all... I mean, they weren't worried about nothing. They weren't running. They weren't hiding their way out. They weren't, you know... You know, when we used to... Yeah, maybe I shouldn't tell Anyway. When we'd go to my friend's house for lunch during high school, we didn't go out with a high hand. We kind of snuck out the back door, right? And uh, then tried to sneak back into class because, you know, anyway, that was a, we were not going out like Israel was, that's for sure. 
And so it's all a part of the journey. It's all a part of the journey. So God leads them up, and now it's, they go over the Red Sea, right? They, they, here they are at another impassable place. They're looking at this ocean. The Egyptian army's right behind them because Pharaoh changed his mind again. It's all a part of the journey. Right. Does it, well, let me ask you this. Does any part of this journey sound like something like you'd say, we would say, hey, I want to sign up for that. That'd be great. Yeah. Can I tell you a lot of the journey is not that pleasant? It's just not. It's just not. Right? Brother Martin, you know, has had a journey to getting healthy in his joints. Not a fun journey. It's a hard journey. Brother Neil's down today because he was... Laying around all day yesterday, just laying on the concrete. I haven't got that one yet. He's just laying there. I don't know. Anyway, but he's not. He's not. Okay, he was working on her car. I, I got to put the whole story in, right? And so, but you know, you know, but he he's gone through knee surgery. He just went through hip surgery. You know, brother Jim, your dad went through uh, cancer treatment and all of these things. There is a journey to get to a place that is better than where you were, and oftentimes the journey isn't great. And this is life. It's just not always the best, right? But the journey, you, you, what's our ultimate journey? Right. What's our, I should say, what's our ultimate goal? Yeah, we're going to be with him. Yeah. And watch, God is teaching us things along the way. And so here he is, they, came, they come through the Red Sea. They're on their way to Mount Sinai. God showed up in a miraculous way there. And here they are at the base of Mount Sinai. And um, they're at a crossroad in life. They're at a crossroad. Do you know, all through our life, we're going to have choices to make. And if we would, uh, uh, let's word them, if, if we would just reduce all of the choices that we have in life, if we would reduce them to two things, okay? This is the, the whole of our life. It has made up these two choices, right? I'm either going to obey God, or am I, or I am going to go the, world, the way of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Right. Hey, when they got to the base of Mount Sinai, Moses was obeying God. The children of Israel had a choice whether they were going to go with Moses or they were going to go with herself. There is a choice to make. Yeah, every day of our life, we are confronted with choices. You know, how you get up and when you get up and what you do when you get up and how you go to work and when you go to work and what happens at work or what happens during the day if you're retired and you've all worked all your days away and you've paid your dues and now you're living it up in a lap of luxury and you still have choices to make, right? When you're just out there, there's choices every day, whether you're going to serve God or whether you're going to serve yourself. This is where Israel is at the base of Mount Sinai. Moses is going with God. Israel could go with God as well. But we see here, although Moses had a glorious journey, the children of Israel are at this just grievous junction in their life. And they, it is illustrated here at the base of Mount Sinai. Listen to Exodus chapter 32. You can turn there if you'd like to. Even if you don't want to, could you turn there anyway? Exodus 32. It'll be good for you. It's part of the journey, okay? Amen. Okay. Exodus 32. If you listen to verses 1 through 6. And when the people saw Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves unto Aaron and unto him, Up, make us gods. Right, which shall go before us, and 
And uh, for as for this Moses, that man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earring, which are in the ears of your wives and of your, of your sons, of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off their golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And he said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And Aaron saw it, and he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. Right. So he's got a graven image. For the feast of, look at the capital L-O-R-D, Jehovah, God, not an Egyptian God. So, I mean, we do this all the time. We, we bring the world's methods of worship before God all the time. And I don't have time to get there. We'll be here for way too long. But here's what they did. And when, okay, verse 6, and they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up. To play, and we know what the scene was like. There was a, it was a total mess there before them, and so the children of Israel here they are. They've witnessed a, a, a load of miracles already, right? They've already spoken their allegiance to God. They've they've pledged to do whatever He has said back before this, and while they are here in the wilderness at Mount Sinai, God calls Moses up for a special meeting, right? Forty days, forty nights, he's going to be up there. And instead of waiting on God, they begin to reason with him themselves. Oh, he's not coming back. Do you notice those words, the man Moses? Yeah. I mean, obviously he's not God, we know that. But he was the man of God, chosen by God. They had already followed him through the plagues. They had already watched God work miracles through him. Right? Amen. Don't we do this? I mean, this is human nature. We see God do wonderful things and we come to another crossroad and go, oh, he's done and he doesn't want anything to do with me anymore. I guess I'll go back to the world. God's gone. I mean, we don't say that, but we act that way, right? <laughs> this is what they're doing. And you know what's, you know what's depressing about this? 6,000 years later, we haven't changed. Same human nature, right? Same, same, same struggles. You know what I'm thankful for, though? It's the same God who knows our frame and that we're but dust. Thank the Lord for that. The children of Israel, they became tired of waiting. Right? They began to doubt. Hey, listen. The journey is a part of... of the journey is a part... Uh, is what God uses on the way to the destination. And waiting, waiting is all a part of the journey. And so often when we wait on God, what happens? When we're not waiting on God like we should... Doubt comes up. Questions come up. How many have ever had to wait for the doctor's reports? Remember the days before you could jump online and just find out what they said? Right? I remember I was about 24 years old, you know. They said, yep, that's, you know, melanoma. We'll cut that out and we'll call you and let you know. <laughs> Waiting by the rotary phone day after day. That was We still had a rotary phone on the wall. And uh, it was uh, day, day after, I mean, just waited. You didn't know. No, no cell phones, no, you're right. Just waited. Boy, that was nerve-wracking. We don't like to wait. Right? Now look at this. Our world is even more like, don't wait. You, we don't wait for anything. 
right? Oh, my phone, it doesn't load in a, you know, one thirty seconds, one hundredth of a second. And we're like, this piece of junk, we're getting a new one, right? <laughs> it's like, do you, don't you remember the first one that you had to do C colon A colon slash D-I-R slash and sit and wait? Because the whole thing only had like 256 megabytes of complete, Micah knows what, he ta- what I'm talking about, because I don't even know what I'm talking about. I just know it was super slow, and now we have these things called terabytes and gig whatever, and they're really fast. And we're still impatient. We still think it's too slow. Listen, listen, on the journey, God will make you wait. He's going to make you wait. And here's what you can do. It could be like Moses and you have a glorious journey of your life on the way to where God wants you to be in Canaan. Or it can be grievous like the children of Israel. Because what do they do? Because they went to human reasoning. And what happens when you go to human reasoning? You will always respond in the flesh. what they did they were impatient they began to demand we must have a god to worship that we could watch that they could see that they could see hey god was there <laughs> right i mean they're watching the mountain smoking and flame and fire i mean it's like he's close <laughs> well moses is still up there well yeah the dude still burned the mountain's still burning if you can find the video Years ago, some men got into Mount Sinai. What they believed was videoed it, spent days in there, and uh, they, uh, some of their stuff got confiscated when they got found out. Big fence around it. Isn't that weird? You know, they, a big fence, like, stay out of this area. And they'll tell you, oh, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. The, uh, the, the what is that in, uh, well, it's, it's not in the Sinai Peninsula. That's a, something made up by Catholicism. But uh, if you go down... Further, it's not where they say Sinai is, okay? It's, it's down further. And, uh, and it's all fenced off, but uh, you can see the top of the mountain, all the rocks that were black and burnt, still there. You can see, you, you could see this, this table-like thing with engravings in it. It was fascinating. They're watching, I mean, they're filming this going through. And you can see uh, where there was a sacrifice, where there's worship, where there's things carved into the rocks. You can see 12 different things uh, it's unbelievable. You're, I'm, I'm watching this going, we are, I'm, this is Mount Sinai. It's awesome. Yeah. He made them wait. They, even though, watch, even though they could see what they, everything they could see that was going on, it still wasn't enough. Right? When we're waiting, sometimes nothing can be enough. <laughs> right? I mean, it just, it's crazy. They're impatient. They're impatient. And uh, listen to what G. Campbell Morgan said. I like this. Waiting for God is not laziness. Waiting for God is not going to sleep. Right? People say, uh, you know, somebody just asked me this week, well, I'm just trying to find the will of God. You know, I said, well, just do the next thing. If you really want the will of God, the will of God will find you. Don't worry about it. Just do what you're supposed to do next. Waiting on God isn't just going to sleep. And shutting off, right? It's not. We, Campbell, G. Campbell Moore goes on to say, waiting for God is not the abandonment of effort. Right? We just don't go take a nap and say, well, it'll happen. You know, you've heard the story. Well, I'm praying to God to give me a job. And what do they do? They stay in their house all week 
and just wait for God to give them a job. No, get out and go put out some. So, do they do resumes anymore? Go put out resumes or something. Go knock, you know, go ask for a job. It's not just sitting there doing nothing. Waiting for God means, this is what he says, first, acti- for, uh, waiting for God means, first, activity under command, second, readiness for any new command that may come, third, the ability to do nothing until the command is given. Wow. I like that. They doubted and then they demanded their own way. Their own way. And what came up? The, the idolatry of the people. Moses comes down, right? Joshua's up there halfway up there in Sinai with them. Comes down. Moses says, what is that? What did Joshua say? Well, you know, it's, it sounds like war. Right? Wasn't music. I don't have to go here. We've had plenty of messages about that, although obviously it hasn't helped. Have you ever seen the average church service where their music sounds like war? But anyway, <laughs> right? No, he says it doesn't sound like somebody wanting mastery. It didn't sound like a battle going. It sounded like a battle in a war. He goes, no, that's not, that's, there's music going on, right? And God tells him, you need to get down there, Moses. It's a, it's a wreck. And he gets down there and all they're all dancing around naked and you know, going crazy down there. And of course, Moses drops the Ten Commandment stones and he's so angry. And what does Aaron say? I mean, again, the, the, the consistency of the human nature is amazing. What does Aaron say? Um, well, they made me and I just threw all this stuff in and a calf came out. It was incredible. Yeah. Just because you think it's a miracle, God knows it's not. <laughs> okay? Yeah. You've heard what I've said before, right? What Roloff said, what he called Aaron, his worldly, Aaron was uh, Moses' worldly associate pastor. (laughs) Yeah. So here it is. The idolatry. The idolatry. the, The filthiness, the carousing type of lifestyle. At, at a crossroad in Israel's life, Moses, it's, it's just like Abraham and Lot, right? You, you pick out where you want to go and, and I'll take the rest. Why could Abraham say that? Because he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. You know, why, why, could, why, why is Moses here where he is? Because Moses chose God. He had all, all through his life, he chose God. Children of Israel, what are they doing at this junction? Watch, they missed everything on the journey. They missed it. So watch, when you miss the journey... When you miss what God is doing on the journey, when you get to the intersection, when you've got to choose God or yourself, you're going to choose yourself. We say, I don't like the journey. Well, who does? Well, I don't see God in the journey. Well, that just proves you're you're carnal and not spiritual. Well, I I mean, I know. Listen, we all get back in life, come down the road in life and look back and go, oh yeah, wow, I missed that. And then you say, boy, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to miss that one again. Right? No, this is, this is what they, they were on the journey. They missed it. They missed it. And the bottom of Mount Sinai could have been an incredible place for the children of Israel as they waited on God. And 40 days later, you know what happened when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments? It wasn't a big deal to them at all. Why? Because they were so wrapped up in the flesh. Think about that. Oh, Think about this. When he came down, he came down with two big stones with writing in them. How does Moses write on stone? He doesn't. 
He brought down two things that God himself etched out. I mean, that should have been when he came down. All of the children of Israel should have been in a place and went, Whoa! <laughs> the words of God written down by God. Amen. Hey, you know what else happens today? We miss the journey. We get in the flesh. Somebody hands out the word of God and preaches the word of God and we miss it. Instead of going, whoa, it's the very words of God. No, they missed it. Why? They're so wrapped up in the flesh. The, the big unveiling that that should have been, it wasn't an unveiling at all. It was, a, it was a rebuke and a chastening and a sad thing. Crossroad. How many have been at crossroads in their life? Yeah. How many can say, I could probably think immediately of 10 crossroads in my life, major ones. Maybe five major crossroads. Right? Yeah. We're, can I tell you what? As long as you're breathing on the planet, there's going to be more. There's going to be more. Can I tell you this? The way, listen, the way we respond on the journey is going to dictate how we respond at the crossroad. The way we look at this, the, the trials and the tribulations of life along the way, the way that we look at the things that we don't like, you know, the knee surgeries and the hip surgeries and the cancer surgeries and the lost jobs and, 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 and uh, the, the, the losing of family and, and just some of the sad things that we have to go through in life, the way we respond to those, right, is going to determine way we, what, the, way we, the way we respond to the crossroad. Right, Because listen, if you already have your eyes on the Lord, when you get to the crossroad, it's going to be easy. Listen, you know what we can do? We can look back in our life. Everybody in this room, I'm sure we can all, all of us, can look back at our life at a crossroad that we, that we responded incorrectly. And if we would ask the Lord, you know what He'd show us? Well, I was preparing for you for it the whole time and you missed it. Yeah. That job loss was preparing you for the crossroad, right? Yeah, that, that uh, physical ailment, I was preparing you for a crossroad. I was showing you myself so you could be prepared for the decisions that you're going to have to come, right? I, I'm telling you, I, I love the journey. The journey is some of the biggest part of what, where God does his work on us before we get to the destination. We saw it here illustrated in Mount Sinai. And we have it today. You may be facing one this morning. You may be facing a crossroad. Am I going to go this way? Am I going to go that way? Let me tell you to do this. Pause today and look behind you and say, Lord, what have you been showing me? Is there anything along this journey that I have been complaining about? I haven't been liking. I haven't been enjoying. I mean, things that have only come. I mean, I mean listen, uh, being led out of Egypt, getting out successfully, right? And then coming to a Red Sea, only God could do that, okay? And then getting you through, only God can orchestrate and do something like that, right? We're not, we're not talking about maybe something that we could have. You can look back and you can say, I know God allowed this. I know it was the hand of God, right? How did I respond? How have I responded? And maybe, maybe we just, you know, can go back and look at some of these things. And turn today and begin and say, you know what, I responded incorrectly to that. And I haven't liked this, but I'm going to count it today that it's of the Lord. He's allowed it in my life. And there's a destination, there's a crossroad I'm coming up to somewhere. 
It's coming. I don't see it, but it's coming. They didn't know they were stopping at Mount Sinai. God didn't tell them. He didn't give them a map, right? He didn't have an atlas. All right, here's all the stops we're making before we get to Canaan. <laughs> this one's going to, I mean, that'd be pretty cool, but that's not the faith of life, right? He doesn't do that. And so uh, he did, they didn't know they were stopping on Sinai, and they didn't know the decision they are going to have to make. They didn't know how big of an issue it was that they were going to get written tablets of the Word of God that he wrote with his own finger. They didn't know that. They didn't know it was coming. But unfortunately, they responded incorrectly to the journey, and they weren't ready for it. Listen, if you're going through something today, it's part of the journey. It's part of the journey. There's a crossroad coming up. God's preparing you to respond correctly to the crossroad. Right? And, uh, and sometimes you may be at the place where... where uh, and this is what will come before the at the crossroad also. What comes at the crossroad is the waiting. You're going to sit and wait. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this means. It feels like I'm spinning my wheels. Blah, blah, blah. No. You're at a crossroad. You have a decision to make. You're sitting there waiting. Do this. Look back at the journey. See how God's prepared you for this. And just sit and wait on Him while you're doing the next thing. What's the next thing? Pray. Read your Bible. Tell people about Jesus. Go to church. Right? Yeah. Witness on the job site. Go to work if you're still working. Right? Just do the next thing. Do what you're supposed to do. And wait on Him. Don't miss the lessons on the journey. Don't miss them. Because He's preparing us. And if you're waiting right now, stay there and wait. Don't do anything stupid. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Don't do anything silly. Don't do anything in the flesh, right? Because uh, Moses will have to go up and get the Ten Commandments again. Do you realize Israel's dis disobedience caused Moses to, have to go up again for another four? He must have been hungry. Man, that's a lot of days without food. I hope he took some time off to... Get some food, but man, that's all I was thinking about. Yeah, see? All right. Wait on God. Don't miss the journey, would you? Father, thank you for the word today, and thank you for your, uh, just how clear your word is, how we can see that the journey of our life, uh, the things that we don't like, the things that you bring us through, they're for a purpose. They're for a purpose, and you allow it. Uh, Lord, would you help us when we get to the crossroads of life, I think everybody in this room is of the same opinion. We want to wait well. We want to wait on you. We want to make the right decision. We want you. We don't want ourselves. And uh, I believe everybody in this room has that testimony. I really do. I really do. And there may be some in here today that are at, a, at the waiting period. Would you strengthen them by the Holy Spirit just to be able to continue on and continue to wait? Would you give us eyes to open, opened eyes to look back at this journey that we're on, uh, the last little bit of journey we've been on, and maybe to be able to look back at what you've been doing and to see your hand and see how you've been working, that would strengthen us and encourage us, that we'd be reminded that you are there, you are aware, you know what we're going through, you haven't left. And Lord, as we wait patiently, that uh, when that crossroad comes, as it comes, Lord, while we're waiting, Lord, that we just choose you. Would you help us to do that? Thank you, Father. You're so good to us. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll be back in just a couple minutes.